All right, let's. Uh, okay, you ready? Want me to start it? Yeah, we could start it. I'm gonna start it right now. Okay. Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! This is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast where every week we have our fearless beer review, we have our vinyl pickups that lead into our songs of the week, and we finish up with some new music and other happenings in the music world. My name is Tyler. Way out there, hundreds of miles away, way out there in the ether is Jeff. Uh, Go to iTunes, go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at Asinine Radio. Give us five stars on iTunes because that means everything. Go do it right now while you're listening. Now, Jeff, let's get into our fearless beer review. What do you got? So, I've had this one for a while and I forgot about it, but uh, it's from, oh, that's why I got it. Okay. So, it was like a collaborative thing between Weathered Souls Brewing Company and Mm -hmm. one of my new favorite breweries, 903 Brewers. 903 Brewers makes just phenomenal stouts. Really good stuff. Really, really good. And uh, this is an oak-aged imperial stout aged on coffee beans, vanilla beans, and cacao nibs. And it is called <laughs> Black is Beautiful. This was okay. this was a collab, like I said, between the two breweries. And I don't know if, if like, I'm sure they do. I'm, I'm sure they're donating, like, 100% of the proceeds for this specific beer to, like, raise awareness for racial injustice or police brutality I'm pretty it sure it's probably like, it, yeah. like 100%. Yeah, it really sounds like it. Um, but, you know, this is this is cool. I can't really find... What percent is this here? I don't know. I don't, I don't know either. Okay, that's fine. Wait, yeah. what's it called again? It's called Black is Beautiful. But, no, there's and no... It's a stout, right? Here. Yeah, it's a stout. Let's see you a beer advocate. So it looks oh, like it was, a, it was put on by wait, Weathered it's not Souls... A, but wait, what? you said. But you said it was a. It wasn't a stone brewing. No, I'm sure. I'm sure. Like at some point in the past year, a lot of breweries have probably done a beer called Black Is Beautiful with the same probably. concept and idea. Yeah, it kind of seems like it. Great Lakes Stone, Russian River has one. Weathered Souls. Uh, that's the one that you're talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's. Yeah, yeah. Man, I don't even know. Oh, 10 ABV. That's what it is. 10 percent. Oh, okay. Oh, damn. So I just looked it up online real quick, and they, the cause, like the Black is Beautiful initiatives, I guess what they were calling it, they're asking anybody, any brewery that's going to brew a beer called Black is Beautiful, they're asking that everybody donate 100% of the beer's proceeds to local foundations that support, like, police reform and legal defenses for those who have been wrong. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, that's 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 pretty much it. So I guess any brewer that is doing the Black is Beautiful thing is going to need to donate. I guess they don't need to, but they probably don't should donate to. all of the proceeds. 
Otherwise, kind of a dick move if they didn't. That would be totally a dick move because then you're just like jumping <laughs> on, on the hard work of others and then profiting. That would that would be that would be devastating. Yeah, it looks like it looks like too. Uh, everybody's using the same label for it too. Just the like, simple like block lettering yeah. with the white trim. Looks like every brewery's using that label. So okay, well, that's, that's cool. interesting. Yeah. So that is your nasty stout. Okay. Yeah, dude, 903 is good. They're they're from Sherman, Texas, and that's like my new favorite brewery. As of last year, I had this like maple pecan breakfast stout, and oh. it's probably like the best thing I've ever had in my life. That is, dude, what is wrong with you? Like, you're, up, you need to grow out of this. I ended up buying two six-packs, like one six-pack for me and then one, or maybe they're four-packs, but I bought two packs, one for me and one for Sloan. I like mine so much that I... I took back what I gave to him for myself because it was I was just too good. I'm like, you know what? You're to be honest, you're not going to appreciate this, and I'm just going to take this back. <laughs> I bet he was so pissed. Oh yeah, he was. He was. He was very, very angry. <laughs> I think he even op- <laughs> I think he even opened one too, and like I took it from him and drank the rest of it. Oh, it's such a dick. <laughs> it was too good. I don't care. I don't care. It was too good. Oh, they want to go to waste. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's right. what I got. <laughs> Okay, cool. Um, so you got a nasty stout, per usual. Uh, I have what I have is uh, something called Outdoor Escape IPA, of course, because all I drink are IPAs now. And uh, this is a Pizza Port Brewing uh, beer. It's a new one. It's one I've never seen before. And uh, yeah, it just says beer brings good cheer, or good beer brings good cheer. That's its <laughs> slogan. Uh, 7.2 ABV, if I didn't say that already. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm ready to to tink this right now. Are you ready? Uh, I just fucking yeah 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 yeah. Okay, here we go. Okay, okay, okay. I like it. What do you think of yours? Well, this like the smell alone is very like chocolatey, like mm-hmm. like rich chocolate or smell, but. It's not coming through in the taste that much. It's probably for the best. What, what, is, what are you tasting, though? Um, I'm I'm definitely I'm definitely getting some coffee, but I'm kind of getting already brewed coffee rather than like a coffee mm. aroma. Okay. Um, it's pretty good. I'm getting like a hint of vanilla at the tail end after kind of everything is is gone away. There's still a little bit of vanilla left. I like that. Okay, well, I'm glad you enjoy it. Very How, sticky, what very is it, dark. What does it look, uh, you know, darkness-wise? Well, it's good. Um, it's holding up to my, you know, my my, my light. Your illegal uh, light bulb? Yeah, my illegal light bulb. Um, <laughs> it's, the SRM is like, what, is zero? Is zero completely? Yeah, I think zero is completely, opaque. you can't see through it. Or is opaque the okay. opposite of what I'm thinking of? No, I think opaque. I think you're right with opaque. I think that's a good call. Okay. Cool, that's cool, good. cool. Then my uh, my IPA, my outdoor escape. It smells funky. It smelled kind of gross. I wasn't looking forward <laughs> to it, but it's a it's a good IPA. It's not no metallicy taste to it. It's not super malty. It's a pretty well balanced IPA. It's not my favorite, but it's it's good. I go back to it for sure. Go back to it. Um, I have no issues with it. Really, I. I don't. Uh, our boy Raul Mondesi uh, <laughs> on Beer Advocate 
he has left a review for this for my my IPA. Uh, he posted this actually this last Thursday at one fourteen a.m. He was up late. Uh, he gave it a three and a half out of five. This is what he wrote. Well, snap. Usually Pizza Port does the trick more than in and out after a few rips of bubble kush when I was 16. What? But right here with Outdoor Escape, that isn't so. It's not that it's bad, but it's just not much. It's drying a bit flat like Lillian Gish shooting a scene of the wind in Death Valley. Again, it's not terrible, but it's just missing a bit. So there you go. <laughs> Dumbest fucking that review ever. really weird. <laughs> I feel like he spends so much time trying to like come up with these little witty quips and reviews. He probably spent yeah, that, a lot of time doing this. That that Lillian Gish was a that's quite a pull. So okay. I like Raul though. Raul's cool. He's, He's a good consistent. Guy. He's consistent. Yeah, that's what I like about him. He is very, very consistent. All right. Cool, cool. So we have um we have a three point rating system where three is a perfect beer. Two is a good beer. You're going to continue to drink. One is a bad beer, but you should give it a shot. And zero is a drain pour. So what do you give your beer, Jeff? Um, this is, I do a two for right now. Solid two? Okay. It's really, it's really thick and it's like sticking. Like I keep having to like move my tongue around on, my, on the roof of my mouth to get some of the, the residue off. <laughs> so, so that's kind of annoying. That's so gross. <laughs> Sounds so gross. That that just means it's like syrupy and ugh, nasty. Yeah, no, I, I maybe yeah, two at best. Honestly, I, best. I don't think I do okay. higher than a two. Okay, okay. Um, so my my outdoor escape, I'm gonna have to give this one a solid two as well. I'd go back to it, but I mean, I'm not gonna go search for it. I'm not gonna pay extra for it. I'm not gonna pay fourteen dollars for a four pack of it. I'm good with just the one can, the one sixteen ounce can. So. It's good stuff. It's good, good, good stuff. Well, that's good. So there you go. Three-point rating system. We both give our beers a two out of three. So let's uh, let's just jump right into our vinyl pickups and what we listen to, getting into our songs of the week. So what do you got? Okay. Well, first, uh, I guess not first, but one of the things I got a couple weeks ago, and I, I listened to it late last week, early this week, was uh, The Grateful Dead, their first... Their first official live album, Live Dead, Live Dad. This, this was in between Oxo Moxoa and then Working Men's Dead. Working Men's Dead is the one that you have. You don't particularly care for it too much. A little, it's not bad. It's little, not for me. A little folkier. But yeah. prior to that, I mean, they were strictly kind of just jam rock, psychedelic rock. And this this live album is just that. It's It's two discs. It was recorded at Fillmore, Fillmore West, and then a couple other places in 69. And it's it's just the Grateful Dead at their best. This is not this is not my favorite live album by them because I do like a lot of their folkier stuff. But mm-hmm. if you don't if you don't prefer their, their folky stuff, then this is this is what you should listen to. Like you Wait, Tyler, if I don't Michelle Anstead. If I don't prefer this. their folk music. I Correct, because this came out before they started getting really heavy okay. into the folk stuff. Okay, I, I would probably like it more. You're probably right. This is strictly just like psychedelic jam rock. I mean, I'll Shame give them, rock. I'll give them more of a shot, and I definitely want to hear more of their live records. Just, just do this. If if this is still whatever's, then just give put put it to bed. You don't need to do anything else. Don't worry about it. Be done. But with you it. said that about Working Man's Dead too. 
Well, that was just my favorite. I didn't think you were gonna like that one. That was just my favorite, and I got it for you because it was free. <laughs> okay. What is so funny? I don't know. It's just funny. I wanted you to hear something that I really liked, and it was free. I never would have got it for you if I had to pay money for it. Okay. I, but it I was appreciate free. it. I, I appreciate you even thinking of me. I'll listen to anything you want to give me for free. I'll listen to anything. That's true. That's true. I gave you the chase one, so you then you ended up loving it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So Live Dead was good. Check it out. Check it out, y'all. Oh, God. It's got like a lot of syrup on that one. Oh, that's, oh, that's so gross. Are you going to change that's, your rating? I don't know. That's kind of gross. <laughs> Got to get back to your prickly pears and your Celsius. Oh, actually, this might be a drain pour. This is really nasty. <laughs> God, I feel like I have to spit. Like, you know, you get that, like, like loogies almost. Yeah. Damn. Oh, it's disgusting. I need to amend my rating on my beer because this is, this is, a, this is now a drain pour. <laughs> I can't drink this. This mm. is unfucking drinkable. This is disgusting, and I almost barfed. I almost gagged. <laughs> Just that so, one syrupy uh, sip gotcha? It did. It, oh. This is not even like the thickest <laughs> stout I've ever had either. This is just not... Maybe it's old or expired or something. This is gross. It's, it's like rancid. It's acidic. It's nasty. Is there a Best Buy date on it? There is, but it's all smeared up. No. Well, maybe that was for a reason. Up. All smeared up and ready to go. Oh, no, no, no. Boom! Just I like tapped it. You can say anything for that. Oh, of course. And use that melody. It's so silly. <clears throat> right. So you untapped it. Would you give it on untapped? One point five. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Because I think that I, is terrible. I mean, it's, if you're at like a, if you're at the brewery, you probably you know you could try it. Your money is going to a good cause, so at least yeah. there's that. But this beer is fucking nasty. <laughs> and you gave it a drain pour, right? A, a one on our rating system. Uh, yeah, this is this is this is a solid one. Because I I do think you should try it, but okay. I'd also never recommend anybody paying like more than like five or six dollars for this because you're not going to drink it. I just give somebody five or six dollars to the charity, you know, <laughs> rather than drink it. Yeah, that's sad. That's sad. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay. So, uh, what what else you got, uh, vinyl wise? Uh, where was I here? Symphonic. When I was in yes. Tucson, I bought some stuff, The Grateful Dead, and then I bought this other local band called Symphonic, spelled S I N Phonic. Symphonic. They're cool guys. Ooh, okay, clever. The 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 album's called Instant Nostalgia, and I asked one of the guys that worked there what it was, and he's like, "Oh, it's kind of like heavy metal, kind of like hair metal stuff." And I was like, "Okay, whatever." They're a local band. They have a really cool album cover, a lot of good artwork, so I'll buy it. And uh, it was okay. It was fine. This is their only album. It just, it never got fast enough to be like really cool metal, never kind of got like chuggy enough, never really got hair metal-y enough. It just kind of played everything safe, and in doing so, just kind of was like, meh, okay. That's Eh. a shame. That's Mm -hmm. right. But dude, the, the the jacket's really cool. It's all old 3D, like the red and the blue. And oh yeah, the front cover, the back cover, the inside booklet, even the little label on the record itself. It came with this this art thing in the middle that was kind of like double the size of a three by five index card. 
and I don't know what it was, but it looked cool and it felt cool. And then it came with its own little glasses, so I could put them on and like look at the artwork. <laughs> and that's what you did. Yeah, so I, of course. So that's that's <laughs> cool. I just I just appreciate that type of that investment into uh, into a record. You know, that's yeah. It's kind of like why we're we doing this whole vinyl thing is things like that. Yeah, that's kind of that's what makes it. That's one of the things that makes it fun. So makes sense. Just wish the record was better. <laughs> yeah, that's a shame. Does that mean you're gonna purge it? No, because it was like eighteen dollars. So. Oh shit. Okay. Yeah. yeah never mind. I, I'm gonna go through all my records. I'm gonna do a an inventory on all my records this week, and I'm just gonna purge quite a bit of it. Oof. So. Yeah, it's gonna because I'm running out of room. Are you are you gonna limit yourself? Kind of like what I'm doing now. I don't want to build anything else, but I'm just gonna now limit myself to the space I have already. I was thinking about that, but I have to expand at some point because it's just gonna get to the point where as new music comes out, like I'm gonna have to do it. And then with the the Mars Volta thing, I mean, I have to make room for that. So I might yeah. eventually just buy another shelf or. I don't know. Yeah, I haven't decided. I think I've not decided yet. I think like a thousand, because I mean, my my shelving holds like about a thousand records, and I feel that's that's probably as much as I want to do. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, thousands—that's a lot of records. Yeah, that is if, a lot, dude. That's like I'm not gonna. I'll probably never listen to most of this stuff, and so I'm just gonna get rid of most of it at some point. Yeah. Oh God, it's crazy how much how much shit we have. Because I think my my Calyx is. Each one, each so it's it's four four little units in one, and I think each unit holds, I'd say roughly three hundred records, like if you're filling capacity. Because I think each hole holds seventy five records, so the same as like a bin, as like a milk carton bin. I don't know. So I, I think I have I have close to six hundred records. Jeez, do you have a lot that you haven't put on on dis on discogs yet? Then yeah. Uh no, I have about I I think I have about fifty or sixty I haven't put on Discogs yet, because that's how much because I, I, I go I put them on Discogs as I go, so yeah. Well, I many? think I think I don't know how many I have on Discogs actually. I don't know I don't know what's going on anymore. I, this is this whole thing is out of hand. <laughs> <sighs> it, it got Does out of hand say? pretty fast too. Yeah, very, I mean it hasn't even been a year and. Look at where we are now. So, it it doesn't tell I, you how many you have in total. I don't think on Discogs. Oh no, it does. I have four hundred one logged into my uh, into Discogs. So yeah, that's that's what I thought, or that's that's what I remember yeah. seeing. Yeah, so I have I have four hundred one, but then there's some that I know have been deleted over time. So that's why I also want to go through my inventory, and then re-add stuff that for whatever reason no longer exists. Mm-hmm. So. But so I think in the end I'll think I'll co- I think it'll probably come out to be like four sixty four seventy. But who knows? Who knows until later this week? That's oh a, boy, that's a lot. <laughs> How, well, you have like you have like seven hundred, right? Oh. Let Let's see. Let, let's see, Jeff. Let's look up Jeff real quick. I think in there Discogs I'm over eight. Oh yeah, on Discogs you're at eight eighty three. Oh my god. <laughs> I have about You've almost 60 or 70 that I haven't filed yet or listened to like backlog. Oh man, you've almost reached your thousand your thousand threshold. Yeah. Damn. I, yeah. 
<laughs> I already know like what like the first like things I'm gonna get rid of too. Like I already know which ones are going first. So, oh gosh, not worried about oh, it. Gosh. My Eagles, those are going bye bye. All They're the Eagles are bye bye bye. Yeah. Okay. I'd rather bring just get over rid some of them all. Of too. I'd rather just get rid of all my Eagles and that at most just get like the best of the one with the eagle head on it, the blue one, the most popular that's all you one. Need. Yeah, that's all you need from the Eagles. And then my Foreigner, I got four Foreigner albums, all four, each more boring than the last. Those will go bye-bye. <laughs> so, so you tried you to know. convince me to keep my Foreigner record, but I gave it to Sloan. Because, you know, I, I definitely don't think I could try to convince you to keep your Foreigner record. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, that, mm, I don't know about that. If anything, I was yes, probably trying did. to tell Sloan that, dude, that's, that's like a $2 record, and you're about to give him Amnesiac, which is not a $2 record. <laughs> no, he gave me Kiday. Oh, that's right. You give me Amnesiac. Yeah. Got even, even was gonna, worse for him. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to pay. Remember, I was going to pay him $10 for amnesiac, oh, yeah. amnesiac, but he didn't want to go for that. So and Of course, he like the day you left, he went and listened to it, and oh, it's so good. Like, oh, fuck you. Of course he did. Like an asshole. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, what else do I got here? Uh, ACDC. I bought, I bought ACDC's Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap. Because it was uh, it was it was cheap. It was only like eight bucks, and you know, fuck you. Yeah, it's worth right? it. So. Wait, where did you get it from again? I'm sorry. The same place I got your Umaguma. The I, I guess like once every month or two they have a farmers market outside the antique mall, mm. and there's this one guy that's always there, and he always has like pretty good records. And I bought Sloan a Talking Heads one for like six dollars, and I bought a couple other things too, and. It's a lot cheaper than going inside. And Umbugum was only eight bucks. Oh, that's so cheap. Yeah, that's so ridiculously cheap. cheap. Then I, I tried <laughs> to see if it was like all scratched up and it looks fine. Hmm. Okay. It looks totally fine. Yeah, because I've never, I've, every time I've seen Umbugum in the wild, which isn't too often, I have never seen it for less than 25. Used or new, I've never seen it less than 25. Oh, damn. And actually, I never see it new. I've, I don't think I've ever seen it new. I've only ever seen it used. And yeah, no, no less than 25 ever. I'm not like a, a, a huge Pink Floyd head, but I really like Umaguma. I think it's fantastic. It's a great record. You wait, then you already have it, then, right? Yeah, I got okay. for, I got mine for free. Oh, must be nice to get stuff <laughs> for free. But. I would I would even dare say that it's maybe even like my second favorite out of the After five that I have. Adam Hart. Yeah. Adam Hart's a solid record. Oh, it's so good. I still need that one. Yeah, well. It's annoying. Had all those for thirty bucks. <laughs> I'm not going to pay thirty bucks for that record. <laughs> the only one I'm going to, the only Pink Floyd I'm going to spend any money on is the Wall, and that is because it's a double album and it's never cheap. Never seen it lower than thirty ever. I've never so, even seen the Wall that wasn't a new repressing. I've seen I've seen some used ones, but they've always been like a hundred dollar plus, hundred dollars oh and up. So I've never seen it. Yeah, it's never fucking cheap. Just and it's wait till so it's annoying. on sale at Target again or something. Oh, you know what I just realized? Mm. I have a $20 credit at Best Buy. Ooh, and they always go. have the wall there. They always have the wall there. So I think I might pick that up. I just remembered that. Yeah, I got that gift card. Fuck yes. You've had that gift card for a long time, haven't you? Or like a while? Yeah, I, I got it. I got it. Like it was like a gift card when I got a Tammy's computer. Mm. When I bought her laptop. And then it was like, it was some... I don't know, promotion they were doing. But then I had to wait like a month to get it or something like that. It was really stupid. But whatever. Good stuff. 20 bucks. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I got ACDC's Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap. It's, uh, this is like their second slash third slash kind of first album. Um, <laughs> stupid how it was released like that. It, it wasn't even released until after Bon Scott died. It, like Americans didn't even get it in their hands until after he died. So that's super fucking stupid. Agreed. But uh, it's, I mean, it's 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 good. It's it's ACDC and they're we did fine it on the pod too. They're fine. We yes. did that. We did. Yeah. They're fine though. <laughs> they're fine. Okay. It's funny because we I were, think they're overrated. We were jamming. Sure, we were jamming at, at my neighbor's house, and like inevitably, we we eventually take it outside because they all smoke, and then we we talk music. And ACDC was brought up because. My neighbor was just like, oh, yeah, they're so, you know, they're a joke band. And I was like, well, it's true. Malcolm Young was really good. And then he was kind of like, well, no, like, no, if anybody was good, it was Angus. I was like, well, no, like, Malcolm Young was the one, the reason why ACDC was even big. Like, the, if it had not been for Malcolm, that band would have been all show and no substance. What little substance they even had. So it was, it was kind of <laughs> funny because it's like even from all walks of life, everybody acknowledges that ACDC is, uh, they're fine. <laughs> yeah i mean they're, they're fine and everyone can agree that they are wildly influential yeah it's like the ramones they're fine but they're more of an image they're more of a i don't know they're nothing more than their face value i don't know that like opening riff to dirty d's you could pretty much input any other riff from any other acdc song right after and it'd be fine like if you if they started doing like <laughs> Like back in black after that, it would sound fine. Like yeah. it would it would progress normally or hell's bells, it would sound fine. <laughs> but it's, you're totally right. <laughs> but it's a cool album and it sounds great and I'm happy that I have it. I have I have this one and then I also have back in black because I got that one basically for free. So whatever. Always getting shit for free. Must be nice. Dude, you gotta offer up deals, man, I'm telling you. Dude, you I don't I I, know you I have notifications on. I have notifications on. I check like I get them all the time, notifications all the time, and it's all shit. All fucking shit. And then this fucking guy, oh, I forgot to tell you about this. Oh, boy. Uh, a few days ago, some fucking guy was uh, in Yorba Linda. It was here in Yorba Linda, I think. He was selling uh, Sing the Sorrow, still sealed, plus like a couple picture discs from like Girls Not Grey picture disc, um, and then like four seven inches from like the Fly in the Ointment, so they're like their earliest seven inches from like 1993 and he was selling it all for $1,500. 1500. Yeah. And I, and then I, I, I messaged him. I'm like, I'll give you a hundred bucks for seeing the sorrow because nobody's going to pay you, you know, the crazy cost of what it, of what people are trying to sell it for. And he never replied to me. Did you read it? Uh, you can see they read it. Check. Well, at least on Android, it'll show like double, check marks next to the message that they've read it i didn't even check i didn't, I didn't check he just never responded but yeah i mean i would i would pick it up for 100 bucks because of what it is but dude 1500 dollars for four seven inches two picture discs and that sing the sorrow come on that's dick. crazy money yeah it's probably somebody we probably know either personally or like through proxy or something because if, if they're from your belinda and they have that record I mean, chances are they may have bought it when it came out, and that's it's very possible. That's yeah. like our time, and so it's yeah, that's definitely when we were in high school. I wonder who. But yeah, it just and then is. but then the listing's not there anymore either. So I don't I I doubt he sold it. I highly doubt he sold it. He must have took it down because he probably got. I mean, 
if I send him a message, that's I mean I don't send messages so like me sending one that really says something. Oh, for sure, because I send messages to people all the fucking time. Yeah, I I think that was a no. That was the second time I've ever sent anybody a message, and both times I've sent people messages, they'd never get back to me. So that's cool. <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> Well, sometimes people will throw it on offer up and then put like a crazy price just to get a feel of how much it's worth before they go oh, to eBay. Okay. Like if they don't already know what Discogs is, they'll, they'll get a feel for it and then they'll take it to eBay. And that's where they'll put the reserve price at. Like you offer him a uh, hundred, so he'll think he can sell it on eBay for at least a hundred. What a pain in the ass. Oh, it makes me so mad. But see, I know this guy's like a fan because the, the seven inches he has, they were ones that were sold like two years ago by Jeff Kresge. So... Yeah, so I know that he's like an actual fan who Dang. follows like their entire career because nobody knows about that Jeff Kresge stuff unless you own, unless you follow him or another guy who was affiliated with the band back in the day because AFI weren't promoting it because they were technically bootlegs for the band but not really because Kresge put them out and he and he held all the rights to it so it was, was a weird that when thing. that whole like tiff was going on between Kresge and the band and. Everyone yeah. thought he was at fault or something, and he posted something saying, I'm not at fault. Look at it. I'm just doing what's owed to me kind of type of thing. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Because they released that stuff on his record label, Key Lime Pie Records. So he had every right to to do it. And not only that, he wrote all the songs. Yeah. So, I mean, he, he had every right to repress that stuff. But it wasn't sanctioned by the, the current band. So there were, I guess, legal issues that happened back then, but... Whatever. And that sucks. That we were just you're one year too late to get all those cool finance from him. Huh? I would have got him too. I would have <clears throat> easily bought those. <laughs> <sighs> I know Kresge was really pissed about it too because I w- all that as that stuff sold out. Like everybody was putting them on eBay for like three hundred bucks, and then he was just calling out asshole fans for doing that, calling them pieces of shit and stuff. I loved it. Even though they don't care. Yeah, they don't care. Ryan doesn't care. Mm-mm. Yeah. Um. Fucking so that's pirates. cool. I also bought the doors waiting for the sun at the uh, flea market. The same oh, one yeah. that you bought for like a dollar. Got mine it for was, a dollar, yeah. Mine was like like seven dollars, I think, or eight dollars or something. That's still cheap. Come on. Yeah, but and you, and you actually like the doors, so yeah. I mean, I don't like them. I wouldn't pay seven dollars for it. So I mean, I pay seven dollars pretty much any doors album. But uh, <laughs> this one's good, dude. This this sto- this opens up with "Hello, I Love You." Crazy mm-hmm. popular song, one of their most popular songs. But it's also got Spanish Caravan, which is a yeah. phenomenal song. Unknown Soldier, phenomenal song. And there's this cool like poem thing on the inside leaflet or the jacket of this album uh, that that Morrison wrote about like lizard people and stuff. So it's kind of interesting and, and cool. You should read it. It's kind of cool. I don't know if mine has that insert because my my copy is pretty beat up. So. Is it a, is it a gatefold? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's a gay fold. I haven't taken it out and since I got it and listened oh. to it. Maybe I'll purge it. I don't know. <gasps> nah, I won't purge it. Because it does have some classic songs on it, so I don't think I'll purge it. Good job. Good boy. Okay. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I also got this this thing called, um, I guess not a thing, but this group called Javier and the Straight Jackets or the Straight Jackers. Okay. It's, uh, it's gangster rap from 1991. Oh, God. And it's spelled S T R eight, and then Jackers. Okay. Is it Jackers or Jacket? Am I the autocorrect? No, jack- Jackers. Oh, it is Jackers. No, yeah, it's Javier and the Straight Jackers. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really bad name. 
Oh, this really? whole this whole like album cover is terrible too. They're on. It's just like Javier. I assume is Javier, and he's in the forefront, and he's wearing this like mustard yellow jacket, and it looks like he's got a gun in his waist pocket, like sticking mm-hmm. out like the handle, but it's an old like cell phone from the nineties, like <laughs> early nineties cell phone, and it's so tacky and stupid. But uh, yeah, this is like I said, nineteen ninety one. I think this is their only album that they did or he did. It was produced by Jermaine Dupree, and it was it was cool. I bought it because it was like five bucks. Actually, it was five dollars at Grace Records, and that's not bad. I just whatever. It's five bucks. It is. Uh, it's pretty much exactly what you think it is. A little more, a little bit more fun. There's not like straight skits, but there's a lot of like 30, 40, 50 second songs, and they're all just kind of like talking shit to each other and laughing and giggling and making fun of each other, kind of in the style of your mama jokes, but not your mama jokes. So it's okay. uh, it's a lot more like lighthearted rather than some of like the NWA from this area. So it's yeah. it's it's cool. Definitely worth five bucks. Okay, I'm I don't know. I'm I'm still wary about buying hip hop for like five dollars, even though a lot of that sh- stuff is pretty cool. I know, like I don't know. It's still tough for me to do. It's five dollars, uh. and people always want hip hop records, so. And not just like singles. On Offer Up, you could sell hip-hop records. So easy. Okay. Too easy. Yeah, I also yeah. got another Wet Willie record. Wait. Dixie. Dixie Oh, Rock. yeah, okay, I remember that. Yeah, we talked. I remember talking about that. Yeah, this was that band that's kind of like the Almond Brothers, but they got a little funk, a little soul in them. Dixie yeah. Rock was like their fifth album or something like that. Didn't really chart that well. Didn't do that well. The first half was, was uh, it was okay. It was in like a like a, one of those $3 bins. The first half was like, mm-hmm. okay. And I was like, okay, well, this isn't great. But then the second half opened up with like a straight gospel hymn that bled into like some country rock funk stuff. And I was blown away. Blown away. It was absolutely amazing. Wait, I didn't hear that last part you cut out. Uh, it was good. The second half started off with like this gospel hymn that mm-hmm. bled into like their country rock funk sound. That's kind of surprising. That, are they amazing. are they all white guys? I think so. I there's I mean just besides the guy Wet Willie, mm-hmm. there's not a whole lot of info on them and like pictures. I think they cycle through a lot of members because I don't recognize the same people in a lot of the pictures. But on the back cover of the jacket, it was I don't know who these people are, but there was one African American person on there. So I don't okay. know if it's all just white guys, but it was a female. So I don't know, but it's really good stuff. And wait, how many albums do they have? They don't, they don't have that many, right? Cause they, they like, don't, I, I mean, they have I've five, maybe six and like two or three live albums. That seems like a lot for a band I've never heard of ever. Yeah, Probably last week. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know. Hmm. Okay. Well, well, there you go. There you go. Um, what else you got? Ginger Baker's Air Force. I bought this one oh, last week. That. This is, uh, yeah, this is, I mean, his first endeavor into his own solo thing, and he's got a slew of mus- musicians coming on here, and as long as you know, it's it's going to be drum-driven, there's going to be yeah. a lot of spaces, there's a lot of breaks for, for drum solos and stuff like that, then, I mean, it's it's fantastic. It's so cool. It's, uh, so good. It's, it's just, you know, it's good, it's good, like, it's it's good drum driven jazz rock yeah 
And I mean, it's, it's, would you get I it from all those? Yeah, I got it from all those 15 bucks, but it's Damn, in like really good condition. Yeah. Well, I've never seen it. I've never seen this out in the wild. I've always looked for it, but I've never seen this. Okay. Of course, the day I saw it, he's like, oh, somebody called about that, asking if I could hold it for him. Like, <laughs> oh, well, the fuck are they then? I'm here now, bro. <laughs> Bird in the hands, we're two in the bush. Uh, and he didn't give you a discount, right? No, he did not give me a discount for whatever reason. That really irritated me. But Man, privilege, right? Privilege. Seriously, though. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, but like every time we get good records, we always give him first crack at, at it before we sell to any other record store. So he's getting, he's making money off of us, right? And True. There are things that I, that I know he'll buy that I save for him because he always gives me a discount. Therefore, I save stuff that I know he'll like. Yeah. Like I sold him like a 30 seconds to Mars picture disc that he's trying to get like 50 bucks for. And he gave me like 20 for it. But I was like, whatever. He always gives me discounts and I don't really care. But if he's going to stop giving me discounts, then I'm going to stop going to him because he's fucking far out there. But he is the, he's the best record store in Arizona. He is the best record store. Or in your Arizona. area, I should yeah. say. I know. So you can't not go there anymore. <laughs> not going to go there not. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's true. No, I'm, I'm, no matter what, I'm still going to go there, but... I'm just gonna complain about it more now. <laughs> He's yeah. just a good businessman. He knows, he knows what he wants, and he well, takes that's, it. That's a whole different fucking <laughs> can of worms as far as being a good businessman is concerned. <laughs> but yeah, if you ever see this, buy it. If it's you know, fifteen or less, it's good. Okay, but I yeah, don't no, really pay like twenty five bucks it. for it. I don't think there's any jazz record outside of like the big ones that I would pay more than twenty for ever. It's just, it's just too much for a record. I don't know. Yeah, seriously. It's a lot of money. Especially when you know there are so many used copies out there that it just seems silly to pay more than 20 for a jazz record. And we're still new. Like We're not, we're not into the, to the audiophile stuff where we're buying you know, $200 styluses that are already going on top of our $300 record player to go with our $500 speakers. Yeah, and then buy a MoFi record for $85 yeah. of, you know, fucking... Blue <clears throat> Bitches Brew or something. Yeah. <laughs> or Blue by Weezer. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I don't. I, just not quite there yet. I don't no. think I'll ever be there, actually. To be I honest. don't think I will either. It's, no, I'm not that. Unless I've been, unless I was collecting since I was like 12 years old, then maybe. But I don't think I'm ever going to get to that point. It's too ever. Much. Yeah. So, um, a couple more things. At Nichols, I bought two, two things. I bought uh, Vandals. When in Rome, do is the Vandals. This is a cool pink, or not pink, yellow and like black splatter. Mm-hmm. And it was like 14 bucks. And I ended up trading trading the Elvis Costello records, the rest of them. And then I got this one basically for free. Mm-hmm. So that was that was cool. So I didn't pay for this one either. And it's a cool variant. It is a really cool variant. On Discogs, it goes for like 30 bucks. And he had it for like, oh, four, it was like 14 50 And I just don't. I don't know why it was so cheap. And like well, I, the vandals in this area, are you kidding me? All those punkers would scoop this up so fast, I had to hide it. Because I hid it last gotta, time I was there. <laughs> this is at Nichols, too. The guy doesn't know half of the shit that he has there. No, it's so easy to hide stuff because he'll never find it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the fucking BT BAM was, what, $8? $6. The guy has no idea what half the shit is in there. So, I, I, I don't know. It's just, it, it's... Punk like that, especially like the Vandals, who are very well known, it's just, 
I don't I don't know. I, it's, it seems like he would price it at least like 19. Because even the Dropkick Murphys was priced at 19, which is yeah, that's accurately right. priced. But the Vandals is like half of what it goes for. And the record's like immaculate. There's nothing wrong with it whatsoever. No creases in the jacket. There's no bends in the corners. Nothing. Perfect condition. Well, they don't... Yeah. I guess that that would be one of the more popular ones for like people who collect vinyl, you know, even though it's really not their most popular, but it's the old school punk. So I guess maybe. But to have no. it on a color variant, like that's a no brainer. Yeah. But well, you I lucked mean, out, man. You, 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 you label and you price thousands of records a week, right? You're, you're bound to make mistakes on some of them. So true. But he's also a guy who makes mistakes all the time. So yeah. Like it's not, it's not like he misses one or two things. It seems like every time we, we, you and I go, we'll find something that's really discounted. Well, then Sloan tried to buy Let It Bleed by the Stones and Sticky Fingers by the Stones in his dollar box. And he was like, oh, I don't know how this got there. Maybe we just didn't file this away yet. This is not a dollar. And ended up charging him like $4 or $5 per record, <laughs> which is still really I, yeah, good. I remember, yeah, I remember that happening, yeah. But it's like, dude, come on, man. That's, that's, that's a little... That store is a fucking mess. <laughs> it is such a mess. Yeah. I've, it's, that, it's crazy. Yeah, I've I've seen actual dead cockroach shells on the floor there multiple times. <laughs> but whatever, I'll still go back there. Uh, you know, they give me yeah, discount. of course. It's cheap too, so why not? Uh, I also bought another record there for fourteen fifty. Actually, it was the Jungle Brothers their their first album, straight out straight out the jungle from nineteen eighty eight. This is not an original though. This is a repress from like two thousand six or something like that. But um. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a Was banger. Was it hip-hop? Yeah, the Jungle Brothers, this is a, I, I brought them to the pod before. If you saw it the cover, you'd, you'd recognize it. This is, um, this is, so like this album, these guys were either started or were the beginning of like the native tongues, the the, the formation of all like the late 80s hip-hoppers, De La Soul, Tribe, to kind of get into mm-hmm. like the consciousness side of hip hop, and then like this this album is is what kind of started it all. Like started the consciousness of side of hip hop, the jazz, the jazz rap. It just this this helped bring hip hop to a wider audience. Like beforehand, we had a lot of lighthearted hip hop acts that didn't take rap too seriously, and then we had like the hard stance, public enemy types, and this yeah. is uh this just started to 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 deliver hip hop in a way that made the listener think and come to their own conclusions about things yeah. and and that's cool like this is this is absolutely fantastic it was produced by q-tip so you know so this is like early on in his career then yeah because tribe didn't even think, come right? out with their first album till like 91 so yeah that's what i thought yeah so, this so he is, must have uh, been like early 20s or fuck man this That's is crazy. This is a banger of a this is like a must have in any kind of hip hop collection. It is absolute bangers. Banger after banger after banger. Well, if you see it again, you know. I saw it used for fourteen bucks. I I've I've never even seen this out in the wild. Like there's there are certain hip hop albums I've always looked for. This is one of them. The Alcoholics is another one. I've just mm-hmm. I've just never even seen them in the wild, new or used, and I just couldn't believe that this one was used. Huh. Yeah, that's Who the surprising. Fuck gets rid of this stuff. You must be best. Not only that, I mean, I mean, really though, think about it. Like, how many of these records were actually pressed? Because it's not like these artists were mainstream artists back in the eighties. You know, I think that's another reason why hip hop is so hard to find. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know. That that's my only thought. It's not like it's Chicago and they pressed, 
you know, millions upon millions of a record. They probably pressed like 5,000, 10,000 of a hip hop record and that's it. And that was only in the eighties. So, and imagine like how many of them have just been destroyed because people are thinking, Oh, it's just a hip hop record. Like I'll, I'll never listen to my records again. They just throw them away. Yeah. That's probably so. very true. Either destroyed by the owners or like parents of, of kids that bought hip hop records and were like, I don't, you shouldn't be listening to this and fucking threw it away <laughs> or something. Yeah. It's sad. Very so sad. sad to think about. But it's good. Check, oh, check it out. Buy it now. Check it out. Google it. So my, my weekly pick, the last thing I got, um, I bought another Chase record. They only have three because then he died and they were working on their fourth album. So, but uh, this is their, this, this song's close up, close up tight. Is it close mm-hmm. up tight? Yeah, about close up tight. Close up tight, yeah. And this is from their third album, Pure Music from 74. This was a, uh, so like the the second album that you gave me, that was like their least successful, my least favorite mm-hmm. out of their three. And after that one did very poorly, they kind of regrouped and then reformed with the mindset of going back to like the jazz rock driven style that they originally started with. So like Bill Chase, I think his name is Bill Chase. He kind of was re, like pushed the reset button on the band and they kind of started from scratch and said, let's let's do less vocally driven songs and then really focus on the jazz side and then bring the rock, bring the heat. And yeah, this is probably this is probably my favorite album by them. Their third one. I This is absolutely fantastic. And how do you not brought me that second one? I just I can't even <laughs> believe that I wouldn't come across the first one, which I thought was so great. And then their third one. This one, actually, I think is just the fucking bee's knees. I think this is so amazing. Did you pick me up a copy? I don't remember. I picked you up a copy of the first album. Okay, that's what I... Okay, I knew it was one of the two. Because that was before I heard the third album, and I was like, oh, dude, the first album's so good. And then I heard this one, and I was like, oh, my God, this one's so good. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I, dude, this band's so great. It's They're so amazing. Uh, I mean, they're really good, but I wouldn't go so far as to say that they're just amazing, amazing. But This is like absolute... I'm again. I'm hard pressed to find. Besides, like Mahi Vishnu, there's not a lot of bands that can really bring the jazz to the jazz rock. It's always like yeah, a mindset. It's always true. like a like a fluidity thing rather than a specific sound of jazz. And I think that's just because Bill Chase was a jazz musician first, and then brought it to the rock scene because they can rock really hard and they can jazz really hard. <laughs> they can jazz really. Hard. You know, they jazz it up. And this is just yeah. This is great. This is good stuff. Okay, so here's uh here's close up tight from Chase.
There it is. There's Chase and the song Close Up Tight from their third and final record. The closer of that one. This is, uh, this. I mean, honestly, this song is, I think, a lot better than the stuff I heard on the second record that I gave to you. It's definitely more jazzy. It's more exciting, a lot of cool bass parts. And I really enjoy it, so I'm excited for it. But the the horns and stuff, fuck, man, and they're so loud in the mix. So loud. They really could have <laughs> turned those down. Yeah. They're, they're loud on this one, too. This this song is, is kind of like a... Like the culmination of the of the rest of the out of the prior album on this one or whatever it's it's he like he'll he'll lead sometimes he'll follow, but on this song is is pretty much him and everybody trying to like kind of keep up and I think at at, at certain points everybody goes off on their own they start in the same spot they go off on their own they do their own thing and they come back they meet up for like lunch and they go back off and they do their own <laughs> thing and everyone's noodling and they come back together at, again at the end and it's it's. I don't know. It's fucking rad. It's so great. I love, I love that aspect of just music in general, where everyone can kind of just do their own thing, but still kind of keep yeah. in time, still keep in tune, and then come back and meet together at the end. Yeah, I like that too. It's it's a sign of a of a good band, you know, if they can do that well, they can pull it off well. Yeah. So that was good. It was good stuff, and I'm excited for my uh, my first record from them. So or the first record from them, if I said that right. I yeah. Know. Right enough. <clears throat> Yeah, so yeah, that was Chase, and uh, and close up tight or close up tight. There you go. Uh, you got anything else to say? You got anything else with your vinyls or listens or anything like that? Uh, no, that's 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 all I got to say about that. Okay, okay. So um, it has been a shorter week, so I only listened to a few records, new records this last week. So uh, the first two here are from the same band. Uh, Bachman Turner Overdrive. Ooh. I got these two from Glasshouse in Pomona last weekend, and I got their first record and their third record from 1973 and 1974. Crazy that they put out three records in a year, That's not, or like a year and a half. It's insane. Uh, so their first record, I loved it. It was really good. It was a lot of fun, but it didn't match like the the excitement of the second one. So I was a little disappointed, but it's still a fantastic record. And then the third record was just this perfect, perfect extension of that second record. the The second record is uh, is untouchable. Like you can't not fuck with that record. It is so amazing. So the 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 third record is just it's good. It's good to come down off of the the second one into that, and you kind of like transition into normal music again. So, I mean, this band is insanely good. Or their first three records were insanely good. And now I'm worried about buying anything after this because you uh, you don't like it. So, I mean, I, to be fair, I, I only listened to their fourth. Yeah, because it's called Four Something. After okay. after I, I got the three BTOs, I listened to their fourth. I was like, okay, this is, this is, this is cool. This is fine. But you've, since you've already got your fill from one, two, and three... Mm-hmm. You just don't. I don't know. You don't need to venture off that much. Okay. You know. I, don't I think know. I'll eventually you, listen. If you see it cheap enough, then buy it. When I was uh, when I was at Glasshouse, they had a shit ton of Bachman Turner Overdrive. A lot of their records. Like I probably because well, I, their third record is called Not Fragile. It's not called Three. It's called Not Fragile. I probably saw like five copies of that. Their second record, I probably saw about eight copies of. 
and then their first record I saw about three or four. Like they just had a, a lot of BTO at that damn store. I mean, so. the band was. It's if I remember correctly, the band released like almost all of their records in the seventies, and their first one, yeah, like you said, the two, two in the and seventy three in the same year, and so it's like from seventy three to nineteen seventy nine, they released like eight or nine albums. Yeah, no, and, it's true. They had, and like one or two after that, over the course of the next. 30 years it's like ccr but everything ccr put out except for one record wasn't good so but yeah no they put out let's see here bto put out one two three four five six seven eight records eight records in six years that's what they did from 73 to 79 yeah that's that's pretty crazy and then they put out one in 84 and then they put one out in 96 but i think the 96 one is just a comp so crazy crazy stuff and then a bunch of and then what five live records it looks like and a quite a few compilations but i would like to hear what a, a live band. record by them actually that would be kind of cool it would be yeah they it says there was one that came out in 1976 but then everything after that was from 1986 until now 2020 they put out one a live record or no a comp no those are comps i'm sorry my bad so the first, the first live record they put out was in 77, a, J- a Japanese tour they did. And then after that, they put out a live record in 86, 90, 94, and 98. So yeah. I, I think I would only want to listen to the one while they were still like an active band Yeah, in 77. So it seems kind of crazy to listen to anything after that. That guy, Randy Bachman, was putting out like a lot of music in the 60s and 70s. Was he really? He was uh he was a founding member of the Guess Who. And Oh, no shit. I didn't band, know that. The, yeah, the band that sings America Woman come grab one yeah. <laughs> That was good. I like that. I like that. That, what, that, that wasn't Lenny Kravitz or, or what? Oh god. I do like Lenny Kravitz though. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he was he was putting out a bunch of albums in the sixties and seventies through the Guess Who and then BTO and I think BTL eventually became like just B and L or B and T or B and, something. B and T, yeah. Bachman and Turner. B O. <laughs> <laughs> Have you listened to um to Brave Belt, the the band before, uh, b- it became B T O. No, is it? I don't remember. They have. That. I think they have one. I think they've only put out one record, and then they no. Wait, no, it's just two records. Yeah, they put out two. They put one out in seventy one and seventy two, and uh, and then they changed the name. I think they they. They switched out one member and then they changed the name to Bachman Turner Overdrive. I think that's what it was. Was it all the same guys? The this this Brave Belt band it was Randy Bachman, Robbie Bachman, Tim Bachman, Fred Turner, and then Chad Allen. Oh. So well, only one of those members. Yeah, well, yeah, only Chad Allen is the different member, right? Yeah, I think so. I didn't yeah, I mean I didn't know there was there were three Bachmans. Yeah, I guess so. So yeah, there, there's three of them, and then, then this uh, Fred Turner, and then Chad Allen. So now I'm really curious to hear this one. This is a cool so, name for a band yeah. too, Bachman Turner Overdrive. It sounds so fucking rad. What? I no, love it this. It's a cool name, Bachman Turner Overdrive. Nah, it's better than Emerson Lake and Palmer, but still not a very good name. It's a cool name. Anytime you put mm. Overdrive in your name, it's gonna be rad. Supercharged overdrive. No, it's Nos. so dumb. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Okay, so another one I got. I got this one from Aldo's when I was out in Arizona with you. Uh, it's Pink Floyd, their album Obscured by Clouds. It's their seventh record. came out in 72. Uh, it was a soundtrack to the to the movie La Vallée. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they, it's, a, it's a French film, obviously. And it was recorded uh, in France over, I think it was two sessions or something like that. Uh, and they were just, they were, happened to just be touring and they went and recorded this, the soundtrack. And what they did was like, they, they, they took a stopwatch from what I was reading. They took a stopwatch and as they were watching through the film, they were, they were, they were making notes of like, okay, at this point we're going to transition to this, this and that. And then afterwards, that's when they wrote the music. So like they had these timestamps of when to change, I guess, moods or tones or something like that. But listening to the record it doesn't sound like that at all it sounds more like a uh, it sounds almost like a like a prog version of the beatles almost like there's a lot of beatles influence in this record i thought it was really good but it gets kind of like shit reviews and i was really surprised because i thought it was pretty damn solid i really thought it was good so fuck many, the the haters how many like soundtrack albums do they do i think they did three they did this one they did more and then they did another one but i don't know if it ever got released and the and the yeah. wall also was did they make that into a movie yeah they made they made that into a movie and a whole like thing but the wall was their own oh, their okay. own doing so but no yeah this obscured by clouds like it's really a forgotten record from them and i i thought it was it's solid i think this might have been like maybe the first time i've really sat down and listened to it because like I said, I've listened to all their records before, but there's always been like a handful that I always go back to over and over again, and this was not one of them. But this is uh, this is good, solid stuff. Eight bucks, can't complain. No loops, no skips, no not a ton of surface noise at all. Good stuff, good good stuff, good stuff. And the last one here. This leads into the pick of the week. I picked this one up from the Glass House as well. I'm almost done with my Black Sabbath collection. Uh, I picked up their fifth album, Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath. This one came out in 1973. Uh, kind of the story behind this was was cool. Uh, so it was written... They So they, they came to LA. They, they were pretty much burnout, completely fucking burnout from touring, never having a break. And the cocaine and, and alcohol and all the, the drug abuse was just really getting to them, especially to Tony, who was the primary songwriter. And it even got to the point where they, they were finishing up a tour or they're finishing up a show and he was so strung out on Coke hmm. that he collapsed backstage. Like he, he could barely keep it through, keep it going throughout the entire show. And as he was literally walking off the stage, he collapsed because he had been on a bender for like three days. A Coke bender <laughs> just did not stop, according to the other man, members. Damn. So then so then after that show, they thought, OK, well, let's just go record a record. So they they rented out a studio in L.A. and Tony just couldn't come up with anything, and so he was just kind of pissed because the other band members weren't contributing at all. Like, but they never really did. So people were just mad at each other. So nothing came of those sessions. So then they decided, okay, let's take like a couple months off for the first time ever as a band. They took a couple months off and then they rented a castle in England, where I guess Zeppelin, Purple and a couple other bands had written music in before. And so they, they rented the castle, wrote the entire record there. And they had this like this, this crazy, like, you know, just 
writing session and I guess they recorded in like, or they wrote songs like in dun- like literal dungeons and just like these crazy places, crazy parts of the castle that were just super eerie and then they would see like apparitions and stuff. And the one time uh, Ozzy and Tony like followed one of the ghosts through the hallways and then when it got it what? into the armory room, it just like disappeared. And then they asked the owners of the castle and they said, oh yeah, people see that, the, the, cloaked, the cloaked apparition all the time. And then, yeah, the, the stories are just crazy on that one. There's way more to it than that. And How then, fitting um, for this band, though. Perfect. Right? That, that's what they were saying. Like, they were saying, like, all the creepiness really added to, like, the, the ambience of this entire record, especially. So then, so they wrote everything there, and then they recorded every. They came to, they went back to London, and uh, and then they, re- they actually recorded at a proper studio. And... Yes, the band were recording right next to them, like the studio next to them. So uh, Rick Wakeman, the keyboardist from Yes, came over and recorded uh, keyboards for the song Sabra Cadabra, which I didn't even know. Or if I did, I didn't really care before because I wasn't a Yesman at the time. So he recorded all the keys on that song and uh, and they're like, okay, well, you know, we'll, we'll pay you whatever. And he's like, no, just give me some beer and I'm, I'm good to go. So he recorded <laughs> and they partied and just had a fucking blast. So that was a cool little story. And then the coolest one was that they were really good friends with Led Zeppelin. And so Zeppelin came by and they, uh, while they were recording this record, Zeppelin came by and they would just hang out and party and everything like that. And then John Bonham wanted to play Supernaut, the Black Sabbath song Supernaut with them. But they're like, no, we don't want to like kind of ruin the vibe. So like they turned down John Bonham to play one of their songs because they didn't want to ruin the vibe Damn. of the recording session. What are you doing? So, so then, so, but I mean, Bonham didn't care because I mean, obviously he was a huge fan of the band. So, so that happened. And then they ended up just jamming together, both bands, they jammed together and it was all recorded, but it's never been released. Wow. And that makes me really mad. Well, who has so, it? I, I don't know. I couldn't, I couldn't find that much information on, on who actually has the recording, but I assume Tony Iommi has it. So, I mean, maybe at some point it'll get released, but. Damn, can you imagine a jam session with Zeppelin and Sabbath? Fuck. <laughs> how cool would that be? But I, I, there's just so many things like going through your head of how it could sound. It could go fast and then it could go real slow and chuggy and just start shredding and then get really weird and technical. And oh I don't God. know. The amount of jamming know. between these two guitar gods. I can't even imagine. And then you have two amazing bass players with Geezer and John. Oh, my gosh. Oh God, I I just I can't imagine what it sounded like. What? But anyway, what so yes, yeah. What Yes album was in '73? Oh, they were. Uh, oh, I meant to say that too. They were recording uh, "Tales from Topographic Oceans." Oh, that was that was the record they were recording when one. Sabbath was recording this one. So, yeah, and Rick Wake, Rick Wakeman came over, recorded the keys. So just hung out, drank some beer, threw down some keys. <laughs> exactly. It's so cool. What a time it's so to damn cool. Oh man, can you imagine being in that studio with Yes, with Yes, Zeppelin, and Sabbath? Can you imagine <laughs> that? Like, That's just so stupid. Like, like, what is going on? Like, at a fucking haunted castle? No, the castle was before this. The oh. castle was just the castle was where they wrote it, and then they went to a proper studio to actually record it. Oh, so so the band were kind of by themselves, and like like the engineers and stuff were at the castle. But Ew. yeah, everything was recorded at a proper studio. But still, the stories are cool. Sabbath, dude, they're, they're just, they're unreal. So 
here's a here's the title track from Sabbath Bloody Sabbath, their fifth record. So here it is. There it is, the title track, Sabbath Bloody Sabbath from Black Sabbath. From the Black Sabbath. What a banger. The Black Sabbath. What a fucking banger. Ah, <laughs> oh, it's so good. I don't know why you hate Sabbath, but you need to get more into them. It's kind of funny because uh, when we were when, when we was jamming the other day, they were playing mm-hmm. like a lot of Sabbath. And I mean, one, it's just, I was like, fuck, I've not practiced in so long. So whatever. And then, uh, <laughs> The other one was just like listening to just Phil on the bass and then their friend Tony on the drums, just playing a bunch of Sabbath songs. I was like, damn, that's really cool. Too bad there's not a guitarist that knows all these songs. <laughs> but it was just, it was cool listening to him just do bass and drums anyway. And it was really rad. Yeah. So, because well, the, the rhythm section is so solid as well. And he's a really good They're, bass player and he's a really good drummer. And so it's, it was, it was fun. And it, but it, it did inspire me to, at least I like, learned Iron Man, you know. Like, but then like I, mean, I, 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 know, I knew it at some Man. point. Like, I don't, but I don't. I can't. <laughs> I tried just playing it and thinking like, how does it go? I I couldn't do it. Outside <laughs> of like the Iron Man part, I couldn't. I couldn't do anything else. <laughs> when was the last time you played Iron Man? Though? How often you play Iron Man? Fuck years. I years guarantee. Besides it. the I am Iron Man part, you can't do anything else. Probably not. No, probably not. And it's so easy. It really, yeah, it's not a hard song. I usually just stick with Paranoid because it's so short and it's more like a punky song. That's that song's a lot of fun to play. Yeah, I don't know. Good band, great band, and now I need I got I need three records from them to finish my collection. So look out for those. Look out for those. But I'm probably gonna have to buy their their last record brand new because I've never seen it used ever. I, so I would probably go. I would probably get 
Bloody Sabbath, but that's that's probably about it. Really? Yeah. You should get their their last record. Their last record was pretty good. I'm not, the one paying, from, I'm not paying no fucking twenty dollars for it. That's good. Brad Wilk on drums. Good stuff, man. Read my lips. I am not gonna do it. Well, you are. You'll buy it. You'll buy it. Mm. Mm. Okay, so that's all I got for my vinyls and and my song of the week. Uh, let's get into new music. We'll blow through this real quick because is there anything you want to play out of nah. these songs? Nope. There's nothing I want to play either. So um, no new albums, significant albums that came out. Uh, some new songs, Rise Against, put out a song called Nowhere Generation. What do you think of this one? Your boys in Rise Against. I think if this is the weakest song on, on the album, I think it'll be fine. Oh God. It's, probably the, it's probably the best song. That's why it's the single. <laughs> the song was trash. It that wasn't trash. It was, Dude, it sucked. It was fine. Dude, it sucked. It was not good. Was like all, right. all these people defending Rise Against, I, it's, I don't get it. Except for State of the Union, because that song's a banger. Outside of that, their damn, music damn. sucks. It does. That's well, um, not true, but... Oh, it is. I only speak the truth. Uh, the next band here is Rare Futures. Uh, this is the, the old guitarist from Taking Back Sunday. It's his, his band since he got fired, like 10 years ago when he was fired. Um, they put out a rec- or a song, sorry. They put out a new song called Maybe Our Days Are Numbered. It's nothing like Taking Back Sunday. Uh, the guitarist Matt, he he sings and plays guitar on this in this band, and it's just like kind of like mellow rock music. It's very pleasant, and I've I've always really liked them. They're really good. Weren't they a but, different band? Like, didn't they change the name of their band? Yeah, they when when he first got fired, he started the band Happy Body Slow That's Brain. That's what it was. Yeah, and then a few years after that, they changed the name and got like they changed like one member in the band and then changed the name of the whole band to Rare Futures. But yeah, I've always really enjoyed him. I liked him a lot. I think he's a good singer and he writes good music. <laughs> I think this and is like as as plain old people as it comes. This is <laughs> I really like it. There's not there's like no defining characteristic to this song whatsoever. It's just like relaxing. It's chill. It's good. But that's, that's what we call boring. It's just you know <sighs> this is boring. No 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 no. no. Uh, so Peaches, she put out a new song called Pussy Mask. And boy, is it vulgar. But what do you expect? It's Peaches. So were you ever into Peaches? No. No. A lot of people, I just love her. And I, she's good. It's fine. It's cool yes. music. It's catchy. But yeah. I think it's catchy because like the beat is, that's like a, a typical kind of like dancey type beat. And it's, it's catchy no matter what. And then because of the vulgarity, I think it's, you know, people, people are drawn to it. But yeah, I don't know. It's okay. It's fine. Yeah, it's it's, it it's good. It's good. Not bad at all. Not bad. Uh, the uh, the last new song here is from Cypress Hill. They put out a new song ca- called Champion Sound. And these are your boys. I mean, what, what did you think of this? I liked it. This was good. This was a little darker, kind of, kind of getting you know, like in the, the more, I guess Sabbath type of of hip hop. And it, I thought it was good. I liked it. I thought it was it was pretty decent. I like that B Real didn't he didn't do everything on it, so that was kind of nice. <laughs> it's your boy. Uh, but no, that's <laughs> definitely not. God, I don't understand him sometimes. I just don't understand why people like him so much. But yeah, so it was cool. I'm not gonna play it, but it was cool. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that, that's a, that's pretty much it for new music, like significant new music. Uh, also, real quick, the Bomb Pops they have been teasing 
that they are recording new music right now. So that's pretty cool. And uh, I'm excited for it because that last Bomb Pops record was uh, was album of the year last year. So hmm. barely album of the year, but it was album of the year. It's top three. Uh, it was actually top one. And then Run <laughs> the Jewels was, was number two. But anyway, solid, solid stuff from the Bomb Pops. And hopefully their new record's going to be just as good, if not better. So um, you got anything else? No, that's uh, that's it. That's all. Okay, so go to iTunes, go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at Asinine Radio. And um, yeah, listen to the main episode because we're getting into Sugar Ray and their album Lemonade and Brownies. So that's it. That's, that's all. all. Good job.